Hello and welcome to Critical Line Item. My name's Tom Rablick and thank you for joining me for this particular podcast. Uh, one of the things that uh, is interesting in relation to tax law and personal finance is that people sometimes treat it like a trip to Bunnings. You know the deal, you go down to, you go down to aisle six, you pick some stuff up, bring it home and, and you build a pergola or you know, a bench or fix that uh, painting to the wall, whatever it happens to be. But some things you really shouldn't do by yourself because they're not really tasks in which you're an expert. Personal finance issues are the same. There are things that get really hairy and really complicated. Yes, we all like to do things on our own and want to feel important and don't really want to have help from others. But sometimes we really need to go there. So this week, what I want to do with Lisa Gregg, our tax expert, tax trainer, and all-round good egg, is talk about a few areas that are not so much uh, um, easily dealt with on your own. Things that are a little complex, things that you shouldn't be touching on your own, things that, as they say in the classics, you shouldn't be trying at home. Lisa, thanks for joining me again. Thank you very much, Tom. Now, um, yeah, we both know that there are simple things in tax and some people like to do the tax on tax return on their own, online, um, without any assistance. But there are some areas that are really hairy. You see some of these in practice. Um, and we've spoken about some areas previously, but what are the ones where when people think about, you know, buying stuff or property or a motor vehicle or or something big like that, um, what are the areas they need to be careful of? Because uh, you can read as many articles from various magazines, but they don't always cover your own personal situation. What are the really hairy ones you see? Yeah, very good point, Tom. So, yeah, as you said, look, if someone's just a salary and wage earner and they claim a few little deductions, like, by all means, jump onto MyGov and MyTax and do your tax return. It's 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 reasonably straightforward. You might not get all the deductions you're able or, or know how the, all the rules work, but, you know, it's... And, it, it's it's pretty straightforward and and the error is not great, but where I see many people come unstuck and it is even you know he's a sophisticated investor and things like that is when you're looking at the interaction between different taxes, different regimes, different government departments. It's that interaction that makes it a lot more complex. And I would say the biggest issue people have in the great Australian dream. We use a lot of lot of jargon, won't we, when, when we're talking about it. It's property and property development and things like that. There are, and with property prices, you know, still going through the roof, even though we're in COVID land, um, there is still that um, interplay between all the taxes and things like that. The people don't ask the right questions at the right time or don't realise what implications are for what they're doing. And that is the one that I see all the time. And it can be even, let's just even get back to the basics, just the basics of negative gearing, 
an investment property, right? Just even that, you know, you could try and do it yourself, but you know, you've got that many different financial, um, uh, you know, loans and mortgages and lines of credit and offsets, and there's all these various products that that the, that the financial institutions um, basically try and sell you, and all of those have different variable. Um, interest rates, fixed rates, principal, all those things of how you can then even claim that as a deduction for your tax. And that's even the very basics of anyone dabbling in the property market, just doing your rental schedule. And even this year, the rental schedules are getting more complex and things like that as well. So even more data is going to the ATO. And there's so many, you know, taxpayers claiming deductions, you know, negative gearing against their salary and wages income for property that is a hot topic for the ATO. So that's just one part that's going to be under scrutiny, but just your general property development in general is can cause a lot of grief if you get it wrong. So if you think you're playing property tycoon and you're playing um, the game to, to minimise tax going forward, you mightn't be doing it right. Well, yeah, you, you've got to look at it. So you think about your general, you know, property development. You've, you've, you've. Everyone sort of worries, I think, pretty much of capital gains tax. I think everyone sort of feels a bit comfortable with that. If you, if you make a profit and and it's a capital profit, um, is it capital gains tax? But then, you know, you can even think about, well, is the property even capital? As it is, you know, are you do you have a profit-making intention from entering into the transaction? So then it's actually considered on revenue account, which means you don't get a CGT discount for holding it for 12 months. You know, you're basically with a view to a profit. So then you treat it like trading stock and making, you know, a, a profit-making intention, making, making paying um, tax at full tilt that way. So there's even that little bit that people usually understand. And then GST. Are you registered for GST? Do you have to be registered for GST? When do you pay your GST? Because the timing for when you make a capital gain is on contract date, right? Contract date's very important. With GST, it's very much on settlement date. So even that can come into play. And then what else have we got? We've got stamp duty, Right? People can forget about stamp duty, land tax, all those other things that can occur. And then what's happening with property prices being so um, expensive now is, I think I've mentioned it before in other podcasts, but the number of clients and my colleagues' clients where they're offering you know, the backyard to um, a family member. So then it becomes a non-arms length transaction, so what happens there, right? Or, you know, even look at it, and there's so much interaction, Tom. So even looking at it now with what's happening with COVID going through all the aged care facilities, there's a lot of people that would then be considering to bring their parent into the family home somehow. And you go, well, that sounds like a good idea. Maybe we'll bring the family member into the home and we'll do an extension. And then, in effect, what they call this is a granny flat interest. It doesn't have to be an actual granny flat out the back like a cubby, as you can imagine. It could still be a granny flat interest where an extra bedroom has been put on the house. And you think, well, that could be really good. We might be able to get some some benefit out of that in terms of um, 
reducing the assets for that parent so they can still get a pension. But all of a sudden, that will trigger a capital gain, you know, on the on the on the siblings. So it's really interesting how everything interacts. And it's and it's usually Tom, it's usually it's people don't realise what happens until they've already sort of halfway through it. If you consider all these things at the beginning, planning makes a huge difference. Well the funny thing is that um if you are somebody that is a sole trader, um, you work from home, there is a certain um square meterage in your place that you reserve for the home office, right? Yep. And that part of your home, should you sell it, is CGTable. Because <laughs> you run yeah. you run a business from yeah. that part of your home. So I'm sitting in a space right now talking to you that should I, you know, sell this property? Uh, there's a CGT element that needs to be borne in mind because I use the space I'm in to make money. Yeah, so it's carved out of the main residence exemption is really what you're talking about, Tom. So um, things that are it's still subject to capital gains tax, but we've got an exemption. Um, we've got an exemption for our main residence, so we're allowed one main residence. And so if you use you know, 10%, 20% dedicated area, okay, because you're using it as a sole trader. Uh, if your property, that then carves that amount um, out of um, the main residence exemption. So that is subject to, can potentially be subject to capital gains tax. But you've got to talk to your tax agent and uh, your accountant about uh, those sort of things because there are ways that we can um, manage that as long as we do it in the right way. You know, it's all in the planning aspect. Yeah, and and you've also got to be aware that that exists first, um, which is what you're saying. You need to talk about those complexities with people who know rather than find yourself in strife when you've been running a business at a home, you've called yourself a sole trader, you might have done your tax on your own, and then all of a sudden there's another conversation that's had with you five or six years down the track by tax administrators uh, saying, well, you've, you've, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's what can happen. And you've got to really be aware of that interaction. And please, if you're even thinking about anything, talk to an expert to begin with. That's how it, it doesn't mean that you have to go down this path, but you, you will definitely know before, because once it's done and dusted, you know, you've, you've, you're subject to it. You're subject to the tax. You should be could be subject to exposure of, you know, the parent not getting um, the pension anymore, or you be subject to an additional capital gains tax that you didn't think, or excessive stamp duty, or yeah, you know, it's it's just it's just phenomenal how I've seen clients, you know, go pale when we say to them, oh, you've exposed yourself to X, Y, and Z, and they didn't even realise it. And they thought they were trying to do the good thing. And that's that's the difficult thing about it all, is everyone said, well, oh, I was just trying to give the daughter, you know, the backyard to build a house in. And they go, well, yeah, now you're paying a lot of capital gains tax because of that, right? Absolutely. And the 
the thing that this conversation brings out, and I know we'll probably get on to motor cars mm-hmm. next because motor cars mm-hmm. are of interest to Motor cars are pe- of interest to people who've got egos, right? It's a hot topic they of want, mine too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, particularly after 8 o'clock in Melbourne where most motor cars aren't going anywhere because we're in we're under curfew. I just think we're going to go out and party tonight too, Tom, and it's after 8 o'clock, so we've, we're quarantined. This is the first time I've ever had a curfew. What about you? I... <laughs> Well, other, other than when I've been grounded when I was a kid, yeah. Um, no, you would be grounded a lot. Anyway, sorry, continue on. <laughs> but the, the the thing is, people need to not be so proud um, to, you know, fail to seek advice. There's nothing wrong with seeking advice, particularly when you're dealing with complex stuff. You don't want you don't want surprises. Oh, and, and and talk to an expert. Don't talk to, you know, your mate down down the pub or at, at a barbecue or you know at the gym or whatever. Because everyone, I think you said this at the opening of of, of this potty. Um, you know, every, everyone's situation is slightly different, and you'll notice that when anyone in the media or if you listen to any sort of webinar or anything like that, there's always a disclaimer saying, this is not advice. This is just for general information. Please seek advice of an expert. And that's why that caveat's there, that we really don't know what each individual situation is. And you've got to be aware of that as well, that you know it's not one size fits all for tax. It's very, very specific to your particular circumstances. And, Absolutely, and also the the state of the law at the moment. You know what, what tax law can change, as we know. You know there'll, there'll be change yeah. of government. Someone will tweak something and don't realise that that tweak here in the legislation will have an impact somewhere else or another pe- another piece of legislation. Mm-hmm. So it's that's why you you need to plan and talk ahead and work things out. It's like when I say, um, you know, so superannuation, for example, that changes about every seven year cycle. So if someone's young and they go, "What's going to happen with super when I retire?" Lisa, I said, oh, "I've got no idea because we've got to wait to see what the laws say at that point in time." Yeah, the I mean, the, as we've said previously, um, in my circumstances, I use a tax agent myself. Now I've been around long enough to be able to, you know, to work my way around what I can and can't claim and whatever else. But I get nervous, uh, mainly because I know enough about the law to make me nervous about things that I may not see. So it, it, knowledge in knowledge in, in, in our world, Lisa, as you'd know, is really uh, a body of facts or a body of you know, scenarios that lead you to ask more questions rather than deliver a, a final outcome. Oh, yeah, and like oh. all of us, all of us in tax always go back to first principles all the time and just double-check things. I, you know, I, it's got to be something that I would do every single day off the bat to give advice, you know, off the cuff like that, Tom. I often go back and go, oh, hang on, where is, where's this bit of legislation at? What's actually passed? You know, what's going on here? And, you know, numbers especially, you go, hang on, what's, 
what's the rules here? And, you know, even, even when I prepare a tax return, I go, oh, what goes in this label? I often look up the instructions to make sure that I've aggregated all the right numbers into a box because you just can't remember everything and it's not because I'm getting older. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll let that one slip. <laughs> but the if you take, um, I mean, the other classic that, that uh, I find worrisome is the person who owns a business yeah. who then wants to say mm. they've got a they've got a company car, right? Mm-hmm. It's the ego boost, mm-hmm. and they've got a company, and it it come it comes with the company car. Um, things get tricky when you start to look at things like fringe benefits tax, don't they? Absolutely, Tom. There's two look so. People want to buy a nice, expensive car in the company because they think the company's paying for it, okay? But, of course, you are the company as well, even though you're two separate taxpayers, all right? So, firstly, (laughs) everyone gets excited with this instant asset write-off of 150K. And you know that, well, people in the know know that there's a car limit. So, the car limit of around about 57,000, they kept changing it slightly. It was the same for about three years, so everyone knew the number off the top of their head. But around about 57,000, right, is all you can claim. So, if you, you go and buy a Tesla for 200,000 or something like that, you know, the instant asset ride, well, some, I should actually paraphrase it. If we, you say you buy a car for 150,000 and think you can ride it all off, well, you can't because there's a car limit for it all. So, that's one aspect of it all. Then, of course, as well, then if you go and buy a Tesla and it's $200,000 and you think, oh, fantastic, I can claim all the input tax credits on it, the GST on it, let's get a really great big credit out of that. Well, that's going to be capped at the luxury car limit as well, right? So bad luck on that one. Then, of course... Not doing too well, are they? No, no. Right so there's, now, we're, no. we're slapped. So, and then there's the big, great, big, dirty, filthy fringe benefits tax that everyone hates. And there's a lot of talk at the moment of actually removing it from meal entertainment to try and help um, with the the hospitality and the cafes and the restaurants for COVID. But anyway, watch this space. Let's see if we can get that one through. Um, But then you've got fringe benefits tax. So basically what happens is you've got a car, you're going to be using it something for private purpose. So therefore it's going to be subject to fringe benefits tax. Okay, but you know what the real kicker with fringe benefits tax is for a car as well? You know how I keep talking about this car limit of 57000 For fringe benefits yeah. tax, nah, it doesn't include it. It's the full tilt of the car that you're going to be paying fringe benefits tax on, right? So if you if I've paid one hundred and fifty grand, right, for mm-hmm. a car, mm-hmm. and I'm only allowed to write off 50000 57000 yeah. say. Mm-hmm. So... I'm not, um, let's say it's 50000 I get to write off. Mm-hmm. So I'm not just paying FBT on 100000 I'm paying it on the full 150000 Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you've got two methods to calculate FBT, the stat method or the operating method. And the statutory method is basically 20% of the value of the car you pay FBT on, Um each year so if you work it out it sort of means that you're paying for the car again over five years in fringe benefits tax right with the operating cost method it includes depreciation so you're actually going to pay um the depreciation and the full tilt of the car the whole 150 not just the 57 right so So it's just 
I shake my head when people want to put cars into into businesses because you know, it, it unless it's you know your your Ute that isn't subject to um to motor vehicle car fringe benefit um there's going to be some private component of it there there has to be and you know you you're going to drive the car home and you're going to garage it at home well that's private you know anything between home and work is private as we know from from all the cases and you know even claiming our kilometer rate as individuals we yeah. all know that unless you know we're moving bulky tools and da 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 there's a few ex- exceptions but they're getting few and far between now as well so yeah it's, it's it's another one of those things where it gets really really tricky and that's where you know, we've we've I've had my vent about um, on previous podcasts on on the media um, reporters and things like that, and you know the commercials at at, at um, end of financial year time and things like that. Every time I look at it, I just cringe, you know, because I just go, people will do it and think, oh, fantastic, I've bought a car, and then they go to their their um you know tax agent because maybe they don't have a great relationship with them and only see them once every 12 months and they go here I've done all my own bookkeeping I've done all this and here's my car and you look and you go oh dear we need to put an FBT return in and you're now late so you've only got one option to use a statutory method so you're really going to be paying that car off over five years again um and no, you can't claim that. And they've tried to claim all their GST because they've done their BAS themselves. And you go, well, we, we better put a bit of a correction in through that. So, you know, it, it becomes quite frustrating because, you know, they try it. They're all excited because they've got their new Tesla or whatever. And we've got, yeah, now it's really cost you a lot of money. You know, I really question putting a car, a car into a company I do. Well, there's something else, though, with that, Lisa. Let's come back to the media stuff. Um, there's you know, early morning breakfast television, mm-hmm. which I know you find. I've got to uh, stop watching chal- it, don't I? I really do have yeah, to. I mean, the, yeah, the, yeah, I'm not yeah, going to win I, the cash I, cow, Tom, so I should stop watching it. <laughs> uh, you're an accountant, so you probably don't need to worry about winning cash cow in the first place. But if What's you, the thrill of the hunt? The thrill of the hunt. No, I don't. I, I don't go in for it. Keep going. Yeah, well, but, but there you go. Coming, coming back to the matter <laughs> at hand, if we uh, if we look if we look at the way in which tax is presented, uh, typically uh, people try and make it amusing and entertaining. Um, they try and sex it up, but the problem is this: um, it while. It might be entertaining. It may also give someone in the audience a misleading impression of what they're able to do, how much they can um, claim. I mean, the classic one is a discussion I think you reacted to one morning in a in a huff on Twitter, which I thought was most amusing. It made my day um, about handbags. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you remember that one. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and 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 that people can claim handbags now. It it the reaction on Twitter was fascinating because somebody said, "Oh, well, maybe how do you work that one out? Do, can you sh- shove a work folder in a bag and then claim it?" Yeah. The answer to that's no. Yeah. 
But and look, itch. other professions must have the same gripes, Tom. I mean, I'm sure the medical profession has the same gripes as we do. You know, like you know, come in with Doctor Google and say, "This is what my diagnosis is." I've actually oh, got it's actually it's actually worse than yeah. Well, it's actually worse for the medical profession at the moment with COVID. Yeah, uh, because there are there's um, uh, there are economists who purport to be able to work out and read medical stats. Yep. Um, who was saying there's been an overreaction to what COVID does because the numbers play out. I mean, you the 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 method of um, shall we say using statistics in a reasonably selective way mm-hmm. uh, is is grinding with me because that's you. Yeah, it doesn't quite come with a gra- come with or uh, or it's linked to a grasp of a reality, um, and that's that's the way some of the tech segments on on television play out, because uh, there are some complexities, and, and you can dumb it down to the point where you almost mislead the person watching. Yeah, exactly, Tom. And you sort of wonder what the purpose of it is to actually just give someone a little bit of a soundbite. And even I've seen people that I respect and they know their tax, you know, do a, do some sort of interview or segment and you know it's just been cut by the editors and then even they can sound really silly and I go, I don't think, I don't think, I think that soundbite's been taken out of context because that person would definitely not say that. So it's 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 really difficult and... It's just very dangerous because you know, everyone wants to be, you know, as you started with at the start of the top of the program, um, you know, your DIY, um, people people want to be able to sort of do it themselves or know what they're doing themselves. And it just makes it extremely, you know, difficult then for us. You know, we end up being the party pooper and say, no, 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 that isn't exactly how it works. Oh, but... You know, the prime minister said this, or someone said this, and you go, "Yeah, but you know, it's it's it, they didn't give you the full story." So you know, we're we're really the Grinch that stole Christmas at some stage uh, with those sort of things, and it's just you know, I I just find it really disappointing because you know, every everyone has the right to um, good tax representation, if I can put it that way. Yeah, and it's not and. There are only a handful of commentators, really, that appear on, on the press that you would pay attention to in relation to tax matters, um, uh, simply because you know that they actually do returns. Uh, you know that they be, they've been around the subject matter for a very long time, and they understand it extremely well. Others, maybe not so, and it starts to make even the simplest of things look really difficult. Yeah, exactly. And, like, I pride myself on being able to explain to my clients things simply, right? And it might not be 100% accurate what I tell them, but at least the result will give them the right answer if you get my drift. So it's yeah. And so anything complex can be very easily explained. If you can't explain something complex simply to someone, you don't understand it well enough is my feeling. But what I find is that 
and we've had this discussion as well about the media, they try to sensationalise it. And like, you know, end of financial year is always that that time if, you know, there's nothing else on and we're not looking at the corona statistics. Oh, let's let's just go for go for um you know end of financial year, what can we deduct and everything like that. But it's just not it's never that simple. You know, it's not that simple. We have you 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 know what our tax legislation looks like. You know, there's 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 like four huge volumes of it. Um, and it changes quite quite regularly, and you know as we were saying halfway through through this program, you know it's not just what changes; it's what that impacts other things. It's a ripple effect, and with tax, you've got all your dominoes lined up. If you just change one and you just flick it, it's it's going to have a cascade effect which you may not have anticipated, and you need yeah. an expert to be able to explain it to you because. You know, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction, especially with tax law. You know, like when we're talking about with the car. Yeah, we want we want to take the tax deduction. Yeah, but have you thought about the GST and the FBT? You know, we want to build a house in the backyard. Yeah, have you thought about the stamp duty and da-da-da-da-da? You know, there's so, and SGST and all those sort of things. It's always the, the interaction that can cause really frightening results. There's something else that's been playing out, and I know it's not necessarily in our in our uh, collective bailiwick, um, but in terms of the advice space, but the 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 area of even emergency access to superannuation that we're seeing at the moment with COVID and how people are having how people are are pulling money out without necessarily uh, considering other options or they're pulling money out without thinking about what that means in terms of the compound and growth of that particular fund that they're in. Yeah. Um, it's quite interesting because, you know, fundamentally the early access to superannuation like we're talking about or the emergency access to superannuation has always been there, okay? If you're really, really destitute and, you know, you've got no other option, you can apply it. You've always been able to apply to be able to pull some of your super out, okay? Now, some of those have been going for boob jobs and things like that, which I don't think is emergency, but anyway, we won't go there. But that's how it's been anecdotally reported. Um, but the difference being is that there'd be some element of tax to pay if you pulled it out, right? With the In COVID land, they've basically said, well, we won't charge you any tax to pull it out. So everyone's just gone, you're beauty, let's take it out because it's it's money for when I'm dead. And if you're 25 and you think that you, you're going to be dead before you're, you're 60 or something, you know, it's, it's a really good idea. Um, so, so they think. But, you know, as we know, superannuation um, compounds beautifully. Investment doesn't matter if it's super or anything. It compounds beautifully. And I can't give financial advice because I'm not a financial advisor. But, but uh, you know, for every dollar that you put in today, it's going to be worth compounded more by the time you retire. That's the general idea. Okay. And so that's the danger of it all. Now, I'm all for if someone really is that destitute, you know, it's it. it you've got to be able to, to, to live now. But it'll be interesting to see exactly what the stats come back about who has pulled money out to, to gamble, buy a car, put a deposit on a home, all those sort of things. So um, that, that's that's where, where, where that's at. But just be mindful that, you know, when we all retire, I wouldn't like to be um, relying on the pension only. 
And I think one another thing that COVID's taught us is um, if we're old and sick, we need the money to be able to pay for medicines and support and all those sort of things because I'd much prefer, prefer to be looked after at home than in an aged care facility. Certainly after some of the uh, some of the revelations of the past six months given the aged care sector, both in the Royal Commission that's been running, as well as what we've seen unfold with the new barge in New South Wales and the numerous cases of... St Basil's down the, here, uh, yeah. St Basil's down here, but there are a whole raft of them in terms of uh, the coronavirus and the impact of the coronavirus on on people. Uh, there's a couple of things that we probably should note briefly before we wrap this one up. Uh, we've also seen a reshaping of JobKeeper and further, uh, further pandemic uh, payments for pandemic leave payments for people who have been um, bumped off work. So all of that, all of that, and more, um, it will be of uh, will certainly be of interest to people as they monitor the media going forward. That's exactly right, Tom. And we know that now Parliament's going to go back and sit in the second half of um, August, which is fantastic. And it'll be very interesting to see what the legislation for JobKeeper 2.0 looks like. Um, we've only been given uh, a little bit of a hint of what it really is going to be like. Um, the the, uh, the tax expert and peers and commentary people are basically saying that we will get may get a little bit of a chance to um, provide some input and I know that our various accounting associations are putting together some sort of response of what um, they would like to see in terms of the nitty-gritty and detail for JobKeeper 2.0. Um, and I think the other thing is, is given that both you and I are in Melbourne town, and uh, we are now in, um, what, day two or so, pretty much, of our six-week lockdown, which comes out if we're all good boys and girls um, If uh, on the 14th of September. Uh, there could be some other tweaks to JobKeeper, uh, hopefully for us uh, Victorians, which are really going to suffer compared to the other states. So we may find some JobKeeper tweaking to enable some of our businesses down here who are really suffering um, to jump back in to um, getting some financial aid that they duly will need because I, it's a ghost town at the moment, isn't it, Tom, down here? So we just hope that um, we get the numbers down so we can start opening back up yeah. again. One of the things I will flag in this podcast is that I um, fortunately secured um, Richard Shrapnel, who is uh, a business consultant. He was with Pitch Partners for a very long time. Uh, he's also got a PhD in in business, uh, in small business. I'll be talking to, to Richard next week about how entrepreneurs, how small business people ought to be thinking about the current situation that we find ourselves in. Um, you know, how should they be planning to exit you know, the pandemic paralysis that we're currently in? So that's something for people to look forward to. Sounds good, Tom. It'll be fantastic. Okay. Um, Lisa, thanks for joining me again today. It's been we've covered a fair bit 
in the past 35 odd minutes. Uh, and we'll be, certainly be back next week with some more talk surrounding tax. If any of you want uh, any assistance, you can track us down on Twitter. Um, Lisa's handle is at Austaxter, A-U-S-T-A-X-T-E-R. Mine is at T-Rablick, all caps, uh, at T-Rablick, all caps. And my my direct messages are open as always, so you're able to contact us there with any questions or topics you want us to consider. Okay, Lisa, thanks again. My pleasure, Tom. Everyone stay safe and uh, keep smiling, Victorians. I'll keep smiling, Victorians. And also, um, just remember, the less we see see of each other for the moment, the better because the virus likes people, especially people we like. (laughs) Take care, stay safe, and uh, we will... Bring some more tax talk to you next week.